Welcome to the Jack Straw Writers Program podcast. In this program, fiction writer Angela Jane Fountas reads from Tales for Small Worlds, her series of short stories for the 2006 Jack Straw Writers Program. Recorded live during the spring of 2006 at Jack Straw Productions in Seattle. Angela writes, teaches, and runs WriteHabit.org, a website in support of new and emerging writers. She is the editor of the anthology Waking Up American, a collection of essays by first-generation American women, exploring themes of pride and uncertainty, cultural identity and sense of self, family and home, and a heightened awareness of what it means to be other. And now, Angela Jane Fountas on the Jack Straw Writers Program podcast. (laughs) Never-ending journey. There was a room-sized forest behind her house. When in the middle, she couldn't see out. The sky was her ceiling. Sometimes it wept. She sat on her chair and knitted and wished she was in a city. Putting her piecework aside, she climbed to the top of a piney skyscraper, branches like steps, and looked at her house, covered in moss with tiny teeth shedding spores, and that was that. She climbed back down and forced herself to choose a direction. Wishes weren't nearly enough. If she stayed much longer, they'd send for a husband and build a second house. She had never seen a city in all her life, but she read books. Lucy Jane, her mother said, get inside. But Lucy Jane started walking. Come back, her father said, and Lucy Jane kept walking. She knew what they were thinking. Contrary. She walked into the sunset, eyes blinded, through to dawn. Then she formed a bed of pine needles to sleep deep. She followed the sunset for days, weeks, months, and arrived at the ocean. Sitting on the sand, she marveled at the sea stacks, tall as towers and inhabited for sure, but not by people. She gathered seaweed and firewood, rubbed two sticks together until she saw sparks, and toasted the salty algae for supper. She'd make a stew but didn't have a pot. Now what? Only one thing to do, walk with the sunset to my left. And she did. Days, weeks, months, years. First she climbed up, 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 until she reached the top, barren, where there was nothing to eat. So she walked down, 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 to the foot of the mountain, where she caught fish in a stream and cooked them over a fire so big the bears came to rest. When the sky streaked pink, she rolled herself in snow and slept. Not quite an igloo, she thought. Trudging through winter was tiring at first, her lungs taking in rushes of frozen air that melted when it reached her heart. But it soon grew a crust that she could walk upon, and she began to run. She skated on ice so thick that it didn't complain. When her nose grew stalactites and her skin chapped, She decided to turn her back on the sunset. Where am I, she asked. She walked until the ground gave to her heel, then dug a hole and lined it with leaves, and slept for a week to store up energy for the months that lay ahead.
When she walked on, she looked up into the trees and saw nests made of broken branches, not twigs. A big bird, long beak, neck like a sink's pipe, sat in the center of each. There is no city here, she said. It's time to turn toward home. She watched the sun begin to set to her right, and she was off. Days, weeks, months, years later, after seeing a fraction of the world's wonders, she bids her journey goodbye. When she arrives home, she finds her parents dry and sapless. Where were you, Lucy Jane? They squeak, and she waits for them to die. After she inherits the house, she sells it and buys a train ticket east. <laughs> Following trees. The trees followed her. She could see them. They pulled up their roots. She had an eye in the back of her head. It was green with long lashes that caught in her hair. The tree's leaves quivered with every step. Maple, beech, cherry. I'll outrun them, she thought, and she ran. But the earth shook, so she slowed down. No matter where she roamed, plain, city, suburb, when she stopped, the trees butted up against her back. I'm changing the world with every step, she thought, and her head swelled. So she changed her name to Arborita. Shade was her shadow. In spring, she went south and feasted on fruits. In fall, she went north and stocked up on nuts, burying them deep in the hollows of her trees. One day, the trees said, we're tired. She looked at them. Indeed, they had grown old. If I were to chop you, how many rings would I find? She asked. You wouldn't, they cried. No, for I've grown quite fond of you. And she nested in one's bough. But she was bored. Her days sharpened to a dull routine. I need a change of scenery, she thought, a vacation. So she trekked to Northern California. After exploring the rocky coast, she ran into a forest of giants, watching her trees try to dodge the mighty pines. This became a game. She ran and laughed, delighted to see a tree lose its wits as it smacked into a towering redwood, who, when she looked up, appeared to be shaking its head. When night fell, she stopped and heard only the labor of her lungs, pumping. My trees are all done for, she sighed. The one thing she never thought was to meet them where they were. This final uh, piece I'm going to read, the third fairy tale, is actually the first one I wrote. <laughs> so I'm not quite sure why I put it last. Um, but the first night that the Jack Straw writers got together, there were some postcards on the side advertising something that was going on at um, Richard Hugo House, and I picked one up. And um, the image on it was by an artist named Nicoletta Ciccioli. I'm not sure if I'm saying her name correctly. But... Uh, that first night we met, uh, we also found out that we had two months to write new work, and so I sort of panicked. <laughs> um, but I had really been starting to read a lot of fairy tales, and I was looking at this postcard, and um, 
it had this girl on it who looked like a balloon to me. So I thought, well, there's my first fairy tale. Mm-hmm. So, balloon girl. There once was a girl with red birds nesting on her head. A balloon girl, a pretty girl. She wore a yellow dress. She was petite, dainty ankles above tiny feet. But between ankles and waist, she rounded out a complete circle, a ball. She floated over the earth and bounced herself to sleep. Her birds nested. They flew, but never all at once. They fluttered, crimson birds with yellow beaks. On rainy days, some of the birds circled her shoulders to keep her dry. On sunny days, she cast round shadows that made her sigh. What is inside the balloon? The prince wondered, watching through his telescope. He longed to poke her with a stick. (laughs) Was she born that way? He asked his mother, but she shrugged. A queen doesn't know everything, he thought. I want to play with her. And she was summoned to the castle. Large blue eyes, a round red mouth, porcelain skin. She was translucent, but he could not see inside her skirt. He tricked her into dubious poses. She was clearly sealed. (laughs) Tell me what's inside, he said. And the balloon girl shook her head. Pretty please, he pleaded, but she bounced 10 miles away. No matter, he told himself, soon I will be king. Birds were born and perished, but the balloon girl was never want for warmth. Though her face aged, her frame remained the same. On her 16th birthday, the prince climbed upon his throne and drained his kingdom of every crumb. Berries wilted, no flowers went to seed. He had made his decree. One day, every single bird stopped searching and piled atop the girl's head. Come and I will feed them, the former prince's message read. She arrived with a tremendous migraine. (laughs) Sit here and wait, he pointed, closing the door to the room, which fit the chair she sat on. She heard the key turn and knew she had been tricked. Crumbs rained from above, collecting on her skirt. One bird pecked after the next. No, please, don't, she cried, tears sliding down her cheeks. But the birds pecked and pecked and pecked until they were sated and she was drained of air. The young king pushed the door open and said, surprised, You're still alive. Yes, she said, but I am so unhappy. Thank you. These readings were recorded at Jack Straw Productions during the spring of 2006 as part of the Jack Straw Writers Program. The curator of this program was J.T. Stewart. Recording engineers were Scott Bartlett and Moe Preventure. This podcast was produced by Mo Preventure and Van Deep. Executive Director of Jack Straw Productions is Joan Rabinowitz. The Jack Straw Writers Program is made possible with support from the Paul G. Allen Family Foundation, 
Arts Fund, Poncho, the Mayor's Office of Arts and Cultural Affairs, Four Culture King County Lodging Tax Fund, the Washington State Arts Commission, the National Endowment for the Arts, and individual contributors. All of the writers heard in this series are published in the Jack Straw Writers Anthology and featured online at www.jackstraw.org. To purchase a copy of the anthology or for more information about Jack Straw Productions or the Jack Straw Writers Program, please contact us by phone at 206-634-0919 or visit us on the web at jackstraw.org. Thanks for listening.